Hello, and welcome back to Melody Machines, a philosophical examination into the humanity of music and its presence within everything. I'm Tyler Suarez, and thanks for listening. I want to start off this episode with saying that attitudes towards noise are socially constructed. I know the last two episodes may have been easy for whoever is listening to hear or see the musicality within them, bodies and words. So this episode might be a little stretch for some, but my hope is in talking through some of my ideas, you will find yourself hearing differently. I'm trying to pave an understandable and accessible way of thinking in which things that are noise for you today can become music tomorrow. A typical definition of music is something with a fundamental pitch, something that can be recognized and something that usually contains overtones. As compared to noise, which is hard to pinpoint or comprehend a pitch or fundamental note, and its overtones cluster the frequency field evenly. Now that might be a little bit confusing to to kind of conceptualize and understand for the non-musicians listening, so if you want a reference, you can go to the podcast Instagram at Melody Machines Pod for a real nice visual that I posted about this. But by this definition, we are in essence comparing um, a woodwind, brass, or string instrument with something like a snare drum or a cymbal. A, a woodwind or a trumpet or, or any type of orchestral instrument that you picture sitting in those fancy chairs with the fancy suits um, they, they can make melodic statements, whereas a snare drum just is kind of noise to some. And then, you know, the rhythmic aspect of it makes it into a, a musical thing. It, all this shows is that definitions applied to noise versus music are relative to a person's viewpoint. A, a good example of this is an amazing piece by Cornelius Cardew, an experimental music composer, entitled Treatise. It's an hour of screeches and weird noises and talking, and it's absolutely beautiful. I can include that in one of my Spotify playlists, but someone like my mom would say that listening to that could be a form of enhanced interrogation. Um, there's a quote by Merzbau, an interesting Japanese harsh noise wall artist, in which he says, and I quote, if by noise you mean uncomfortable sound, then pop music is noise to me. <laughs> That's going to be my new answer to the age-old question that musicians get all the time. Oh, what music do you like? <laughs> it's such a cool statement. And yet another way we can look at the way people socially contrast noise with music. Unpleasant versus pleasant. I wouldn't subscribe to that definition personally, but nonetheless, what does this all tell us? This showcases the true subjectivity to the classification of these two terms, noise and music. Jacob Collier, who is a 26-year-old multi-instrumental musical genius, would be the perfect guest for this episode because... Uh, in numerous interviews, he has discussed how he started to develop his skills of perfect pitch at the age of two when he would be sitting in the living room listening to his mother vacuum. Perfect pitch and vacuuming? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. 
Jacob actually accounts that he would be able to hear different pitches made by the vacuum. When it was going forward, when it was going backwards, when it was idling, and and even when they got a new one. He was choosing to hear the vacuum at that level. Notes instead of noise. Just like I pointed out in the first episode, it's a trained, conscious choice that changes the whole entire environment around you and within you. Crazy that he was only two when he was doing this, but that probably contributed to the lack of a social construct of music or of of noise to him, his ears, and his mind. From a young age, he, he just heard. Imagine the creativity that would blossom if the whole world was like that. Anyway, although I cannot distinguish if my vacuum is a G half sharp, a D, or a C half flat, I was thinking about how musical the vacuum itself is recently. Again, it's one of those things we hear all the time and get annoyed with. You know, no one pauses their show on the TV when someone is vacuuming and says, Oh yes, I I love this sound. No, you usually just turn the TV up, or in the case of my little brother, yell at mom to stop. (laughs) But next time, I encourage you to actually listen. Actively. I I think you'll be surprised. There's numerous presets in synthesizers that almost emulate the sound of a vacuum, with gritty distortion and swells. So why do we just hear a vacuum as a vacuum? It's probably because cleaning isn't fun to most. But in all seriousness, it's because it's non-traditional. It sucks up dust and dog hair. It doesn't have a spot in Carnegie Hall. Again, a social construct. A social constraint. I know I might be a little too out there sometimes, but I mean, I would pay to see a stage full of vacuums making music. But... Traditional is good. Or, or, or is it? I, I don't know. Traditional means it worked for a long time. So why not break the mold and see what else will? That's what the avant-garde performers and abstract minimalist composers were doing as early as the 30s. John Cage was writing compositions that were silent in a traditional sense, having the musician tacit for 4 minutes and 33 seconds, or pieces where he would release air from a boiling pot on the stove or water flowers in a bathtub. Steve Reich was swinging microphones from the ceiling over speakers, having their feedback come in waves, creating pulsing rhythmic patterns of noise. Even Schoenberg was developing the 12-tone system and creating expressionist pieces free of key or tone. Those are just a few composers who broke that mold of traditional compositions, and the argument began between noise and music. And it didn't stop there. I I would argue that that argument is why we have genres of music. Certain people like to listen to certain things. Certain people classify certain types of music as music versus noise. And in preparing for this podcast, I came across a really interesting website called everynoise.com, put together by Glenn McDonald, which is an ongoing attempt to algorithmically generate a readable scatter plot of 
the 5,000 some odd genres that Spotify classifies. The website is super cool to look at. Um, all the sounds that are on the top of the page are, are more mechanical and, uh, and electronic or electric. And as you go down the page, they, they get more organic. And the sounds to the left of the page are more dense uh, and atmospheric. And, and to the right, they're more spikier and, and bouncier. And, and you can click on any of the sounds and, and hear them. From a Ukrainian choir to a classical guitar quartet and traditional Irish singing. What this website does is shows how compartmentalized music can become once you place so many restrictions upon how you're supposed to hear it. Even if there's so much similarity that they almost overlap on a, on a scatter plot. And that's why I've always loved composers who break the mold and, and kind of step away from genres or what they're supposed to do as a classical composer or what they're supposed to do in, in a rock band. Uh, sorry for getting a little into some music history there. I, I just, I, I love it so much because when you look to the past, you could see the possibilities for the future. Dust pans led the way for vacuums. So, with all that said, for the song of this episode, I recorded a bunch of samples of vacuums. My home vacuum, our handheld dust buster, my girlfriend's vacuum, all in different situations. The beginning of the track starts with this swelling ar around F, which is the sound that my girlfriend's vacuum emits. So that was really kind of the baseline to where I centered the key of this track. The beginning is really a vacuum. There's a couple little guitar things going on in the background, but the vacuum sounds like a synthesizer. And um, there's other sounds from turning on and off the vacuum or clicking the handheld part into place, which kind of made like the hi-hat in the second half of the song. But even in the beginning, that kind of lo-fi drums, those are all sampled, manipulated audio files of a recording of my vacuum. My mom was so happy because even though I made a mess setting up wires and microphones in the living room, I, I was cleaning. <laughs> I, I wanted to take the sounds I recorded and while not making them sound any different, throw them into the band, if you will. I wanted it to sound like a vacuum, but not sound like it was out of place. Obviously, that's the entire goal of all these songs. I think this is the most fun I ever had vacuuming, and I think it's a pretty cool thing to say. I hope you're enjoying these episodes. I find them very therapeutic. It's nice to just take all these ideas and kind of throw them out into a pond and hope there's a bunch of fish out there. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to follow the Instagram at MelodyMachinesPod. But for now, enjoy the next track entitled Vacuum. Mm -hmm. 